This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Mission Qualphone podcast. Hey, Jeremy. Marisol, I am really excited today about our guest on the podcast. I just want to throw that out there right from the beginning. This is one of your buddies, right? Yeah. We have a guest today who is trying to do the math in my head. I've probably known him since 2007, 2008. I started in 06. So it's probably by seven or eight that, that we you know, knew each other. This is a, a person that has worked in multiple accounts, uh, primarily, at least since I've known him, in, in a training facilitator function. But yeah, this is a, I consider this person a, a friend and also a colleague, and, and we've worked together a long time. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. I am as well. I've been able to work with him one time in my latest tenure at Qualphone, and it was in the Six Sigma training. He was my he was my trainer, mm-hmm. and it was notable to me because it, I remember specifically being like, "This is the first time I'm being tested in math in years." <laughs> <laughs> I was frantically, frantically worried about it, and he was a great, calming presence. Gave me all the information I needed, and when I did pass the green belt Six Sigma, he would I give him full credit for it because he was very calm and he he trained us very well. And we we might as well introduce him. This will maybe be the shortest intro we've ever had to the podcast, Marisol. But our our guest today is Scott Orchard, who is our Six Sigma Continuous Improvement facilitator. And we'll get into all the nitty gritty on that uh, as we bring him on. But good morning, Scott. How are you? Uh, Good morning. I'm great. Thank you for for having me. I was surprised, Marisol, that I didn't hear more fear and um, anxiety as you talked about Six Sigma, because a lot of people feel that. (laughs) (laughs) I did at the time. I was... Well, I think it would be great if we tell our audience, for those who might not know what Six Sigma is, how it relates to, you know, our culture in at Qualphone. And because not everyone is aware of what a, a green belt is or a black belt. And we have many in our company mm-hmm. with those distinctions. Scott, can you share tell us about Six Sigma? Sure. It's a, a way of doing business where the focus is on reducing variation within our processes and and thereby making them an an improved process and the culture you spoke of which is really the key key goal of any training that i do is that we would like to have everybody that works for qualphone have that mindset of looking around at what they do and thinking about how could they do it better and and so the how could the processes do better whether you're talking about handle times or sales or conversion rates or 
more broad things like absenteeism and tardies. Just always being on the hunt for a way to do it better. And the Six Sigma training provides tools and uh, some instruction on how to use those tools uh, to further us along that road of continuous improvement. And one of the things, Marisol, that's interesting is it's not uncommon for companies to have people that that pursue Six Sigma certification, right? Uh, what's uncommon about the way we do it is we have so many people, every single supervisor. I can't tell you every position that that is actually required to take Six Sigma certification, but Scott has over the years, Scott, do you have a number? Do you happen to have a rough number of how many people you've trained and have received Six Sigma certification across the organization? Well, last I checked, I was in excess of 3,000 and I might be over 4,000 now at this point in time. So think about that. 4,000 people in this organization have received Six Sigma certification. And that's pretty unheard of. And we hear that as we talk to potential clients that they're like, wow. And and again, it comes back to Mike's vision, Mike Morrow's vision of making this idea of continuous improvement just, you know, in the water, right? Part of the culture to where regardless of your role in the organization, as Scott said, having a, an eye for continuous improvement. What can we do to make this process better? And of course, Scott has been our driving force for the last, gosh, since, when did you start doing this? 17, 18, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and since then, Scott has been, he's trained everyone, right? <laughs> so it's been, it's been uh, uh, quite an accomplishment for Scott. And of course, he he's a black belt, so he has his black belt certification. And anyone that's aware of continuous improvement knows the significance and the rigor that goes into uh, achieving a black belt. And we have a number of black belts within the organization as well. As I say, we have a couple. I know Kim, I always think of Kim Carr mm-hmm. as my black yeah. belt. Kim Carr's a black belt. Scott's a black belt. I'm sure there are more. I'm leaving others out. But just this focus on continuous improvement has been a, a, a real, uh, it's been really important to Mike. And Scott, of course, has been the person that's made that possible through facilitating all of those sessions. And they're not easy, as you can testify, Marisol. It is not easy. It is. And I think it takes a special person to teach that, which to Scott's credit, not everyone goes in thinking that they're great at math or some people like myself might have a math phobia. I just have a thing where I, I freeze, mm. like I'm horrible at <laughs> a blackjack table because I will freeze <laughs> if being asked to, to do math in my head. And I've had to learn over the years how to become a better student to math and not, not get in my head. And Scott was great. He was a great trainer and, and guided, you know, the, it was a really eclectic group of people in my particular training session and he was just great about handling everyone's different levels of expertise and and we all got through it (laughs) and for anyone who's lined up to take the six sigma training or knows that they need to take it really don't worry about it or 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 get in your head about it uh, if you're anything like me because we have the the guidance here to help you through it yeah 
for sure. So it's really easy for me to talk about Scott. So I, I got to remember that Scott is actually here. So, so I can ask him questions. So Scott, so Scott, tell us how you got here. Yes. Tell us how you got here. Well, okay. So I started with the company in 2004 and, uh, I wasn't on the phones for very long and they made me a trainer, but that's primarily because I had a background in education, math education, and it turned out to serve me well later on. So I was in a trainer role early on and I trained for one account, then another account, then another account. And uh, eventually there came the time where Jeremy was looking for some help with uh, the Six Sigma part of of what he was in charge of. And uh, he asked me to get on board with it. And, and I agreed to, so I, I left the uh, new hire training behind and, and, uh, started doing this, this uh, specific training with regards to continuous improvement, six Sigma. And, uh, I think Jeremy said that was about 2017. I, I think that was where it was. Now you kind of glossed over the pre qual phone. So I'm going to back up a little bit. <laughs> and you mentioned that you had, you had been a math teacher, you taught math, you've been a coach. It's interesting how Scott just his his life experience prepared him perfectly for what he does at Qualphone. Tell us a little bit about what you did in the training department before you moved into this continuous improvement role. Okay, so I as a new hire trainer, of course, I first started out just mastering that, and um, the education background I had did help a lot because. First of all, you mentioned eclectic. I mean, every new hire class that you take on is eclectic. And I I knew uh, from my uh, education and, and experience that to be really successful, the one needed to be able to present material in a variety of ways and, and having read your students, be able to reach to them with whatever they're familiar with. So you take what you're presenting with as material and and tie it to something that they they know or maybe even love and and, it, and they get it they get it quicker and it, it means something and instead of having the old uh, oh well you know I'm not ever going to need this or I'm not ever going to use this that mentality which can uh, lead to lack of success so I was doing that and I think changing from that account uh, I was in originally in a Center Partners, uh, an account with, uh, it started out as Quest and mm-hmm. then it turned to Century Link. Uh, but then I moved into a financial market, it's, uh, Capital One, and then into Sirius XM, which was music. I mean, so it was somewhat happenstance, but it provided me with variety in my own knowledge and was able to draw in all of those things to uh, the Six Sigma training, uh, providing examples and you know, using a, using some actual experiences I'd had uh, to share with people in the learning realm. So that variety helped me a lot. I also spent some time as a subject matter expert for one of the accounts. Mm-hmm. That was relatively fleeting, but that was a, that was a good experience. But that that led to me working on numbers. So I focused a lot as a subject matter expert with numbers, trying to drive uh, sales with different uh, challenges to people. And But I would use the numbers, I would gather data. And so I found that there was a real love in doing that for me. So 
it just made this a natural best fit being a, a trainer with the Six Sigma uh, and continuous improvement. And and I'll say this, Marisol, Scott at one time was about ready to just relocate to Guyana. He yeah. he he was there for s- several extended uh, stays yeah. doing some training there, and he was like. He's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm just ready to move down here. So he uh, has been able to travel and do some of that, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a weird question, Scott. One of the things that we were able to do, Marisol, years ago is Scott's family, his brother and his dad, uh, and Scott had a role there as well. They run, a, they own a winery. In Walla Walla. For those that aren't familiar, Walla Walla, Washington is a, a a wonderful area for wineries. And Scott's family runs owns an orchard and has a winery. And as an activity, a team activity, we all went and toured the winery. And so here's my question, Scott. Have you ever thought about the parallels between running a winery <laughs> and what and what you do here has that ever crossed your mind uh i would be honest to say not really so much <laughs> my brother um the younger brother that that's his baby and he, he's he's the master although he did teach me a few tricks regarding how to in, invest in that field and how to turn a turn a dollar i've got to say that i i was never into the wine business but when i was young i spent my first probably 10 15 years in agriculture hmm. and near and dear to me is is the process of sowing and then and before that you prep the ground of course with fertilizer but the the seeding and then tending to crops until they're full grown. I always thought that was really cool how uh, my work, when I would run the cedar through the ground, I would come back eight weeks later and see these rows and rows and rows of small, tiny green plants growing. There's something special about that uh, process that I always got a kick out of. So cultivating people, cultivating plants, uh, growing a garden and, and growing people in the company I, I definitely can see where um, I've got that in common. That probably helps me understand why I love what I do so much. Well, one of the things, and the reason I bring it up is, is I have thought about that trip a lot. I've thought about the uh, process of growing. You got to grow the grapes. You got to make the wine. And the takeaway for me from that has always been, it's, it's what we call the law of the harvest, right? If you... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think from the time you plant the the grapes or the the vines, whatever you call them, right? From the time you plant them and start growing them, you're looking at like five to seven years until you can start making wine. So yeah. everything is done with a long view, right? You can't yeah. de- you can't decide, you know, in in September that you want to harvest grapes in October. It doesn't work that way there. It's the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. You have to plant, you have to nurture, you have to take care of, you have to do all these things for the return on your investment, which may be a long ways down the road. 
that's always stuck with me because that applies to work relationships. It applies to things you do in a business. I just thought it was interesting. And I thought it was a, a an interesting family business. And I always think back to that excursion we took. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. So Scott, so tell us how working at Qualphone and when you first heard of the mission or if you ever heard of our chairman speak or or how the mission came to be a reality for you. When Qualphone, when I first came into the Qualphone family, if you will, uh, of course, I've been with the center partners group for quite some time. Right off the bat, it was clear that there was a real commitment to us as employees and um, our lives and and making our lives better wasn't just a motto. I, I realized that early, early on, that that was a heartfelt, real a push by by our founder that we were going to be a, a better person when we got done with the business, whenever that might be, and we were going to be better than we were when we, we started. And that fit right into what I was all about. I, I, I like to think that most of what I do is is for others and it's certainly not for myself, but I get the most joy or most, most value out of what I do when I see people's lives get better. And, and that goes back to training. I mean, when I was a trainer, one of our head HR, or excuse me, person's office uh, per- person went through my training class. Many of our exec, uh, Jason Scruppy went through my training class. I mean, many of the people that are in pretty good spots right now went through new hire training with me for crying out loud. So now at this level with the Six Sigma, I'm seeing even more of it because we've got supervisors taking the Six Sigma and within six months, a year, a year and a half later, they're in these roles that are a step up, if you will. So I saw early on that Qualphone was really committed to to this mentality of making people's lives better. And again, that fits right into the whole thing about continuous improvement. So Scott, and 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 I want to build on one thing you said here just a little bit. What gets you excited about your job? I mean, what's the favorite thing about your role right now? Well, that's easy. And it's, it's not changed in, in 40 plus years. And that is, aha, I mm. get it. That to me is, that makes it all worth it when I get somebody, especially if I know they've been struggling, but when they, all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh, I get it. And then I'm like, well, my work is done. I want to tell a story, Marisol, about Scott. So in Scott's role as a trainer, uh, back in the day, I was kind of a corporate trainer. So I'd go around to different sites and I would train and And Scott, I remember, was in a session, a training session. He always had great comments. He was always, you know, just, I I feel bad saying all these good things about you, Scott, but but (laughs) that's true, right? He was always, had good input. I remember one time there was a conversation or a, a, a part I'd talk about in the class where we talked about conflict, right? And I draw these two arrows pointing in at each other. And so I draw one arrow, you know, draw the line and then the pointy part and then the other arrow and the pointy part. And, uh, you know, I didn't think anything of it. 
And then one time on break, Scott and I were just talking. He says, you know, when you draw those arrows, he says, what if you tried it this way? And then he just drew a one line with an X in the middle. And when you step <laughs> back, there's two perfect arrows pointing right at each other, you know? <laughs> and that to me kind of encapsulated kind of the way Scott thinks. If you take a class with Scott, whether he's explaining the concept of mu or uh, normal distribution or any of this math you get into in the Six Sigma training, he just has a gift for breaking it down to the simplest way for people to understand. And that is a gift, Scott. That is it a is. gift. And is. Scott is a, he's a, I would say he's a man of few words, but the words he uses have maximum impact, right? And I think we see that in the way that he trains. He has a way of demystifying a lot of things that might scare people. And, and Scott, that is a gift because not a lot of people can do that. So just wanted to throw that out. And I mean, it is a gift to take complex ideas and be able to disseminate that information to a baseline is it takes a, a talent. And I do. I remember that from the training, how he was able to break down concepts in a way that I could understand it, or at least he gave me the, the starting points to go off and study for it, which was another thing. I remember he was big about studying and learning these things and, and taking the time to, to understand these concepts and why it would improve our jobs. So I, I do remember that, Scott, <laughs> about him training. So when you hear us talk about total vocation and things like that, do you relate to that? Do you feel with education in your background that you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I felt, felt that way for several years now. And then, you know, there's, as, as they ebb and flow, the, the times and hard times and not so hard times, always as a constant, I have been like, this, this is what I'm meant to be here for. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, uh, yeah, it's really to me the key to to uh, loving your job is loving what you're doing when you're doing your job, and and I most certainly am there. So you are in a position where you get to meet a lot of people across all the different departments that we have, the different divisions in the company. I know that you've trained C levels all the way to to supervisors and everything in between. And so you, you have this cross-sectionality of, of the employees at Qualphone. What is it that you see about us as, as mission leaders? Or, or what's the common denominator that we all share or that you think you see in your position? Well, from my perspective, the most common thing I see, and, and I'm not just saying this, is there seems to be for everybody that's involved with missions a true commitment to the rank and file, if you will, to the people that work for Qualphone. I, I feel like our mission leaders and all those that work in missions are truly dedicated to making people's lives better. And for the most part, seem to really like what they're doing. And uh, maybe they're in the same place I am. Maybe not quite. I don't know. But they definitely share a concern and a care for everybody else that works for Qualphone. So, Scott, so piggybacking on that answer, one question we ask our guests is, if an employee is listening to this and they're a new hire and they just started with the company, what advice would you have for them? 
Well, I would say lean on those that are there to help you and trust in the process of becoming good at what you have been hired to do. Give it time, but give it your all. Give it effort. Trust that the company cares about you and the people that are in missions care about you. And don't hesitate to reach out to those around you if you have questions or if you need help of any kind. That's great. I I have a more difficult question for you, Scott. Uh, I'm sure you do. Scott is a <laughs> Scott is a big Beatles fan, Marisol. <laughs> so your favorite Beatles album? Without question, it's the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Go Band. Okay, we can't fault you for that. All right. No. <laughs> okay. Great. I mean, you who, better not. Who can argue? Who can argue with that? Scott, thank you so much for joining us. It's a Scott's asking himself, why is Jeremy being nice to me in this interview? This is not how he normally treats me. Uh, but seriously, Scott, it's a, a pleasure to work with Scott. And uh, it's been great working with him over the years. And we were talking about this. I was on a call with Roberto and Al a few weeks ago, and, and we were saying, you know, Scott has probably impacted more individual people in the company than maybe anyone else. Because so many people have been through his training and you cast a large shadow. I don't mean physically. I mean, you cast a large shadow yeah, yeah. across the uh, organization. And thank you so much for, for all that you do. It's been my pleasure. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Scott. I thank you for teaching me a couple of years ago and getting me Greenbelt certified. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you for setting that up, Jeremy. That was a great interview. It's interesting when you are interviewing someone that you just kind of take for granted because <laughs> you work Aww. with them forever. <laughs> I don't really mean, well, it, but I, you know what I mean. Someone that, that you're very familiar with and, and you work with consistently. It's interesting to put them in an, in an interview setting mm -hmm. uh, because you learn things that you thought you pro you probably thought you knew everything about these people, but then when you sit down in this setting, you always learn something new. And and Scott's a, he's a quality guy, and just a, a pleasure to work with. And anyone that sat through one of his classes will say the same thing. You know, he's he's just really good at what he does. And this idea of continuous improvement as a culture, it's like, what's the analogy? Uh, it's like turning uh, an aircraft carrier, right? It's It takes a long time and a lot of effort, but slowly but surely, we have built this culture of continuous improvement down to the supervisor level, right? And And Scott's focus is, yes, you get the certification, which is great, but his real focus, and here's what I appreciate it about it, is, what tools can you take away from this training and put to work right away, right? Regardless of if you're certified or not, it doesn't matter. But if you can come away from this training with some tools that you can put in play right now when you walk out this door, it'll make a difference. And it does. And and Scott has been the driving force in that. He's also, he didn't mention this, he's also involved in a lot of projects around the company, you know, some someone in the Philippines might identify, hey, we have an opportunity here. Let's 
let's do a Demaic project and Scott will, will be there to help him. So he's not only facilitating the training, but involved in lots of projects with supervisors, with OMs around the company. So he, he, he does a lot. I have a Pareto chart. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You come help me. That's awesome. Well, that was great. It was great to have him on. It was great to be trained by him. I remember being very happy when I got that passing score. Yes. I still remember, I remember the score I got and everything. I was very happy because I was nervous. <laughs> but I uh, and I love that we work for a company that has continuous improvement in its in its DNA and its bones. I know having worked for Mike for as long as I have that that's just part of his leadership style. He always has that mentality of being aware of your of what's going on and continuously looking for how we can make things better. And, and, you know, even with our found, the founder and his ideas of education and the importance of it, you know, last episode we were talking about Rochette, mm-hmm. it is part of Qualfund's DNA, education, yeah. continuous improvement, and being the best versions of ourselves. Okay. Well, Marisol, I'm, I get to say your line today. Well, it's not my line. It's the company's line. <laughs> well, it's a company's line, but but you normally say it, and I probably won't say it as well as you do. But until next time, this is Marisol and Jeremy reminding you to be the best and make each person's life better. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next week. Jerry. See you, Marisol. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.